I know you're so used to turning to a certain book in your Bible tonight. You probably cannot find Psalms without you go to Galatians first. Because we have all started there about a year and a half, two years, I don't know how many years ago. But I want to start a little series tonight for the next four or five weeks, if you would please. And we're getting closer to Christmas and we're almost there. We only got 7,000 days of shopping left. And... uh, Right. Kids started back to school, and and uh, I know that books does not cost anything if you're going to a private school. If you're going to college, they just give them to you. And uh, especially if you're going to A and M, they just they just give them to you. And um, I know that um, there's no more expenditures and expenses uh, about this time when you start buying clothes for kiddos and so forth and so on. And I know Baptists don't have any at all disagreements around the house. And uh, there's never a communication problem between husbands and wives and parents and kids and in-laws and outlaws. And I know none of that, but just in case we have some of those in the future, I thought I'd Bring you a few uh, messages entitled, When Life Overcomes Us, Overwhelms Us, Gets to Us. We don't cuss the husband, but we kick the cat every time we leave the house. We used to love the preacher, but he's changed a lot over these last years. And he's not near as good looking as he used to be. Kind of broke down. When life, Psalm 61. Thank you, Brother Marshall, for covering and doing such a good job in my absence. And I appreciate so very much you doing that. And thank you, folks, for being faithful. And the men had an excellent, wonderful time of fellowship. And uh, uh, I uh, appreciate the spirit in which our church sees the necessity of our ladies getting together and bonding and fellowshipping. But also our men and our our boys needs that also. And I appreciate you folks uh, allowing that to happen. Psalm 61, in your Bible, please, Psalm 61. Uh, I, over these many years, I have done a lot of, um, lot of series, and I've entitled them and retitled them and add to them and so forth and so on. But I just felt that for the next four or five weeks, this would be a good thought. Notice, if you would, please, I read for you Psalm 61, and I'd like to read for you just a few verses, if please, four verses, and I want you to see this. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. I'd just like to take that word overwhelmed. Have you ever been overwhelmed? Lately. By whom? Don't answer that. Don't even look sideways. <laughs> Don't you do it. It would be safe for you not to even grunt right now. All of us probably at one time or the other has come to the end of ourself. And may I give you a footnote, God will always make sure we do. The Bible said that David made his cry unto the Lord out of his troubles. Troubles, situations, has an an all-inspiring way. To realize we cannot handle this job all by ourselves. Now that was a good song a hundred years ago. Or a bad song a hundred years ago. But I'm here to tell you, you can't handle this thing all by yourself. And God is going to make sure that we cannot, if we're saved, handle it all by ourselves. We do not expect our children to be born in the hospital and us just give them a bottle and a dozen diapers and say, here, make it on your own. Why should we expect God to expect his children to make it on your own? But yet when you get to the end of self, That's when you think, well, I'm a failure. Not really. When you get to the end of the self, you just become smart enough to realize you need God. Now listen as David uh, pens for us this psalm. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. If you'll just take your Bible over just a few chapters and uh, over to Psalms uh, 77. I looked today and the only place that this word overwhelmed is used is in the Psalms. David is the only one in all of Holy Writ, according to Strong's, used the word. He used it approximately seven times. Notice again, he says in Psalms 77, 
I cried unto the Lord with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Have you ever seen anybody who looked like their spirit has been overwhelmed? I've always maintained, and I may not be correct, but I've always maintained you never want to break a child's spirit. You want to break their will. And I see so many that I think that has stepped over the line just a dab. And most generally when we step over the line trying to get somebody's attention, it's because we want their attention and it's not better for them. You broke the law. You stepped over the line that I set in this house. Aren't you glad God's not like that? But I have seen many a child, I've seen many of adults, I've seen many a man or many woman, who when they you talk to them, you just kind of feel like you're talking to an empty can. You could ride across the forehead, no one's home. Vacancy. Overwhelmed in heart, overwhelmed in spirit. Now I've seen the other side of that. I've seen some kids that mom and daddy needs to step over the line occasionally. They hadn't stepped across enough. And, uh, but I, I just, I saw this word today. And it was brought to mind many of folks just don't have that abundant life that God promised. Now they have eternal life. Uh, Their name's been written in glory and they're in the book of life. But they don't have abundant life. It's difficult to smile around certain people. Now it's easy to smile around the people you like. I'm talking about being overwhelmed. Has anybody in our church, now don't answer and don't stand up. Has anybody in our church ever just what you thought stepped over the line and you were just, I can't believe it. Boy, it gets quiet in the church house sometimes. I thought we had one of them hallelujah churches. Overwhelmed. I know you know. If you want to find the context to Psalms 61 and all the Psalms to 77, you'll have to go to 2 Samuel chapter 15, 16, 17, 18. And the context is this David is king. David is a man after God's own heart. 
David is a sinner like us, but David's not too proud to say, I'm sorry and repent and get it right. The difference between David and Saul is Saul never would repent. David was always repentant. David was always willing to say, I'm sorry. David was always willing to say, yes, sir, I did it. I was the man. It was me. Saul was never wrong. David now is king. He's raised a bunch of young'uns. One of them by the name of Absalom. Absalom was a pretty fella. Thought a lot about his hair. But that's what his hang-up was. <laughs> You'll get that after a while. Absalom had become envious of daddy's throne. Absalom has begun to try to undermine his daddy's kingdom. And the best way to do it is set at the gate. And when people came to David for counsel and for judgment, Absalom will meet him outside the gate and run his daddy down and say, if I were king, Thus and thus and thus and thus, you'd all drive Ford Super Duty pickup trucks. And Israel fell for his lie. And Absalom usurped a throne from his father. But not before his father ran out of town and went with his crew and went with his soldiers and left. And now most of the Psalms... David is running for his life. If he's not running from Saul, he's running from his own son. David is reaping what he sows. David has sown a wicked, wicked life. David has stole somebody's woman. David has committed a fornication and adultery. With another man's wife. For fear he'd get caught. He sent the man off into war. And hitched up a plan. By which the man would be murdered. And David's baby is born dead. David's other son Ammon. Rapes his half sister Tamar. Absalom the man who stole the kingdom. Kills his brother. Because he did that. And now Absalom has stole David's kingdom. I don't know if that overwhelmed you or not. But I think it's about time I would be looking for some help someplace. And David pins Psalm 61 and Psalm 77. And he says in Psalm 61. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Who when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David came to a place in his life where he knew there was a rock higher than him. He knew there was some power, somebody bigger than him. Notice, if you would please, the time of the psalm. 
You'll find that in 2 Samuel 15 through 18. I would beseech you to read that this evening and, and read it for your own good. But the time of the psalm, it was during the end of Absalom's rebellion. It was just before David would find Absalom. Somebody would say that they found Absalom hanging in a tree by the lock of his hair. It's just before David would say, oh, Absalom, Absalom, my God, my son, would God I died for thee. As he hanged there in that oak tree with Joab's darts in his heart, dead as a mackerel. David's kids, David's family has overwhelmed him. In raising six kids for me to tell you that I have not come to that place, I would be short of lying. Preacher, I thought all your kids were perfect. Perfectly mean as a devil, every one of them. If you've had any kids and you haven't had any overwhelming, just get ready. It's going to come. They'll disappoint you. They'll break your heart. They'll lie to you. But in David's life, it was a time of danger. Absalom. Is taking the advice of counselors, and they're telling David, "You need to kill your father. You need to, you need to kill him. You need, you, you need to bring his men back. You need to unify the kingdom." It was a time of danger in David's life. It was a time of despair. He just does not know which way to turn, and he says, "I, I, I I'm not going to take anybody's counsel. I, I'm going to beg God to hear what I need, what I, what I need to do." Wouldn't it be good advice for some of us? Quit asking the neighbor what to do and start asking God what to do. Wouldn't it be nice if we'd stop asking somebody that's already had 25 divorces how to settle your marriage? And start asking God in his book on how to do it. Uh, Wouldn't it be something if you quit asking everybody else how to raise kids? Start asking God how to raise kids. Because if you notice, all of us made mistakes with ours. Preacher, I want some counsel on how to raise kids. Kick them out when they're three. (laughs) Make them get a job when they're four. There's no cut and dried way to raise kids. God tells you how to raise kids. All of them are different. All of them have different personalities. All of them have different outlooks. They're just put together differently. Some's prettier than others. Some's uglier than others. I didn't say which one. I just said there's some. Some are left-handed. Some are right-handed. Some left-brained and some right-brained and some there's others. So uh, you you don't have to ask somebody else how to raise kids. God tells you how to raise kids. You get right with God. Do what God says. And uh, and don't be a a two-faced around the house. And don't do one thing at home and another thing down at the job. And don't cheat people out of their money when you're doing work for them and do what you say you're going to do and show up when you say you're going to show up. I'll guarantee you your kids have a better chance than you would letting Dr. Spock raise them. And so I just believe it's a time of despair in David's life. It's a time of dependence, buddy. When you get to the end of yourself and you're just overwhelmed and you don't know what to do and don't know where to do it and don't have the money to do it with and you're just there all by yourself, it's just a time of dependence. Being overwhelmed is not an easy thing. Notice the truth of the psalm. 
The truth of the psalm is 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. The truth of the psalm and the truth that what David is trying to get over to us is yea and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You live right, the devil's going to get mad. The devil don't want you raising good kids. The devil don't want you bringing your kids to church. They'd rather you take your kids on Wednesday night to practice peewee football. And they'd rather have you on Saturday down there on the peewee football field playing football as to going out sowing and taking your kids with them and teaching them how important it is that they serve God. Now the truth is, if you live godly, somebody's going to misunderstand. Somebody's going to call you holier than thou. Somebody's going to say, uh, you're so religious in your last days. Well, if you're ever going to get religious, it ought to be in the last days. It's a good time to do it right before you check out because you're going to check in somewhere else. Absalom, David's favorite son, has now become David's most fierce enemy. He slays Ammon, his brother. He steals the people's heart. He sets him up as king. And in this psalm, we find the truth that God's people do experience troubles. Did you know God's people have to pay bills too? And you know when God's people buys one of those vehicles on credit, nothing down, 2,500 years to pay, at no interest? Do you know it gets difficult for Christians to make those payments too? Be honest, fellas. I know you're saved, but when she really wants something and you really can't afford it, you give in. Go ahead. I don't. All men are liars. <laughs> Ladies, you do the same thing. And what I'm saying is tonight that God's people have problems and they get to a place where they're overwhelmed. Now, I was overwhelmed at the last election. I did not think this country was stupid enough to do that again. But they did. And sure easy to blame somebody. But I've got news for you. America has educated every politician in Washington. They did not get their education in Russia. They did not go to Cuba to get their education. We, us, has paid for our president's education. And every other politician up there, we have educated them ourselves. And it is not that our government is corrupt. It is that our society is corrupt. 
that jokes me up when I talk about things like that. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivered them out of their troubles. Here you need to realize something in David's life. Those who are closest to you, and I need to get this, can hurt you the most. Enemies can't hurt you. That other crowd can't hurt you. You know who the devil's going to use to hurt you? Those that are closest to you. It was not Joab that overwhelmed David. It was not one of his closest men. It was his special son, Absalom. And we need to realize that our circumstances can be much bigger than we ever dawned they'd to be. And we need to realize that the psalm was timed so that when David was going through all these things, they could pin it down for you and I to know tonight that our heart can be overwhelmed. Our spirit can be overwhelmed. Notice also the testimony of the psalm. The time when David was having the kingdom stolen from him by his own special son. The truth of the psalm is that everybody who lives godly is going to suffer persecution. The testimony of the psalm, Romans 8, 28, all things. Work together for good. Even disobedient children. Even disrespectful children. Even mean and belligerent children. All things work together for good. You know, tonight, if you are to place... Or that you just feel like you're about to be overwhelmed. God is doing it for your good. Preacher, I don't understand what goes on in our church. Romans 8, 28. Or should we tear that page out? But now let me tell you something. It worked together for David's good. It didn't work together for Absalom's good. How many of you folks think God's got his hand on the trigger? There is nothing happens to you that God does not allow. He may not generate it. He may not originate it. But he will absolutely control it. For our good, if we love him and are called according to his purpose. And he will use the devil, his imps, and all of his people, if you please, to get us to where he wants us. And he got David to a place in the wilderness 
to where he didn't know which way to turn. And David had to go to the Lord in prayer. But he did not do it until he was overwhelmed. Of course, today we go to Jack Daniels, Pat's Blue Ribbon. Wouldn't it be nice if God's people just start believing what God said? And when our heart is overwhelmed, we make our cry unto God. Notice, if you would, please, I need to close. We got Awanas tonight, right? I still need to close any. I'm hungry. Notice the pressure that David faced. The pressure that David faced in verse 2. In verse 2 of Psalm 61, the Bible said, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. The pressure that David faced, he did not say if you are overwhelmed. Notice in your Bible it says, When my heart is Overwhelmed. David did not necessarily say that it was overwhelmed at this particular time. David just knew where to go when things got tight. Does God's people know where to go when things get tight? When nobody else understands and nobody else seems to care. uh, do, Do you know that God cares more than anybody in this world? And you say, well, I don't understand that, why that happened. It's because God loves you. You say, well, I was talking about somebody else's situation. Evidently, it's affecting you or you wouldn't be talking about it. God loves you. And he wants you to grow up. You say, well, what if somebody got away with it? Sin is never gotten away with. And you and I are not the ones who punish sinners. We love sinners. You say, well, bless God, I'm going to love them and I'm going to rejoice when God gets them. Now that's a godly attitude. That's the very reason things happen to get us out of that mindset. God allows things to come on this body, this local body, this church, this church right here. And he allows things to come our way to see if we'll respond in a godly way. And not take it personal. And not be selfish. Well, I don't understand. Hey, 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 hey. You don't understand because you're not walking in their shoes. In fact, they probably don't even understand. But I know somebody does. You say, well, I I just don't, I just don't. Look, if God judged me and you for every time we sin, we had already have a lot of judgments. So we might ought to quit judging everybody else. And just pray next time he do it, God kill him. I'd get over that deal. You say you shouldn't do that. Well, is that what you want to happen? Notice, overwhelmed denotes a burial shroud. 
everything about the person. It looks like they're going to a funeral. Don't you like being around folk like that? Uh, don't you like being around folk who feel bad when they feel good for feel their for worse when they feel better? Don't, don't, don't you just hate being around folk like that? Don't you just like coming to church all puffed up, look like you had ground glass for breakfast? You know what God wants us to do? To exhibit that abundant life that God has given us. And he wants us to do it in Egypt or in Canaan. He wants us to do it uh, down in Assyria or Babylon. Or he wants us to do it in Jerusalem. He that hath life and has what? More. So every once in a while he sends us an overwhelming See how we're going to act. Amen. Situations, you know, people who look like they're dressed in, in grave clothes and just walking around in a tremendous uh, situation beyond themselves, plumb out of control. Now, where do those come from? Satan will send them your way. Amen. If I watched a lot of television that most folk watch, I'd be so backslid, I would never pray at all. The Bible says, it says, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about roaring seeing who he can devour. When the smile's gone on the Christian's face, you're the best servant the devil's got. When all you can do is complain, when all you can do is talk about old so-and-so and old, old slewfoot Sue and all of that, uh, when the devil's done got you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, roameth about, seeking whom he may devour. So the devil may send you things, just make you. Uh, and then also, did you know that everywhere you go, you take sin with you? D- did you know? That you're the reason for the problem at your house. And probably you're the reason for the problem at the church house. You say, no, they are. No, 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 no. I find another law in my member. The law of sin. Bring him into captivity, the Bible said. Isn't it easy? To get mad here, get on an airplane and love field, get off the plane in California, 2,500 miles, get off the plane, mad. Oh, the people in California made you mad, like the folk in Texas made you mad. Or did you take your mad with you? I mean, if you sit in a bar in Love Field or Dallas-Fort Worth. And you get to LAX, and you like sitting in a bar in LAX, you might have took your bar with you. Either that or you're passing out tracks, showing people how to be saved in the bar. (laughs) Private joke. Right, John? 
I used to soul winning bars. You say, you're crazy. Not as crazy as I used to be when I was soul winning in bars. <laughs> I read a book one time and said, if they ain't coming to you, how are you going to get them saved? You don't go where they are. I'd be driving down the street and I'd, I'd take my staff in bars and pass out tracks, try to get them saved. I'd go in bars and run our church members out. You say, you're crazy. Not as crazy as I used to be. Because I haven't been to a bar in a long time. I don't know. Maybe we have to ask some of our members just how, how it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sin. Okay. Sin. Yes, sir. Sin will, uh, will overwhelm you. And here's another thing. Satan sin and sinners will overwhelm you. If you look at the, the Psalm, uh, Psalm 73, and you'll see there that David is overwhelmed because of sinners. Uh, they, he get overwhelmed in Psalm 73 because of their prosperity. We Christians sell out to God. And we give everything we have to God and our car don't run and everything works and our air conditioning broke before Brother Wright got here. And, uh, and we just don't know what in the world to do. And, uh, well, why in the world are God blessing them and not blessing us? Do you ever get kind of envious at somebody else's prosperity of their power, of their pride. You know something else overwhelms us? is solitude. Loneliness. Loneliness. You know, just every, every once in a while, you know, the Bible said Jacob was left alone and there he wrestled with God. Until the brink of dawn. How long has it been since you were left alone? I think more folks get overwhelmed because of loneliness than anything else. I think a lot of folk get divorced and bounce right into a marriage they don't need to get bounced into because of fear of being lonely. Let me suggest something to you. Buy you a coon dog. Not near as expensive as a divorce. Suffering overwhelms many. If you want to sometime read Job chapter 23. And you'll thank almighty God. For how good we have it. But you see when we're suffering. We're the ones that's hurting. When we're lonely. We're the ones that's lonely. And when we're envying. What somebody else has. We're the one that's breaking down. We're the ones that's overwhelmed. And that's the way it is. And sorrow overwhelms a lot of folks. And service. Paul said. And besides this, besides all the sufferings, the care of the churches daily. Sometimes you just work yourself to a place where you just cannot go on. You know any workaholics? Workaholics. Better be careful. Remember Moses leading two and a half, three and a half million folks across the, across the desert? 
He was overwhelmed by the impossibility of the task that he faced. Listen to him. Kill me, I pray thee. The greatest organizer, I guess, in the Bible. Two and a half, three and a half million slaves and organized them into a nation and into an army. There was none like it on the face of the earth. And he just worked and 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 and listened to everybody's problems and solved everybody's problems until one day he said, dear God, I can't take it anymore. Just kill me. When the task became impossible. Have you ever heard Of a man by the name of Elijah. Elijah was overwhelmed by the opposition to the task that he faced. He wasn't overwhelmed with the impossibility of the task like Moses. He was was overwhelmed by the impossibility. I mean, he had to face Jezebel. Dear God. A name like that, I'd run. And you ladies need a name for your girl. I've I've never known a what girl named Jezebel. I've known a lot of, I mean, I've heard a lot of. But Elijah was overwhelmed at the impossibility of the task that he faced. He crawled off into a cave someplace. And I pray that he take my life from me. Well, preacher, this will never happen to me. Why? You've got chrome toenails. Are you a greater Christian than Moses? A greater prophet than to call fire down from God? We must be extremely cautious. Because David's not the only one could ever get overwhelmed, hurt, and smote until our smile is gone. And her countenance resembles that of a funeral shroud. There's no song in your heart and no leap in your step. You're kind of like Moses, kind of like Elijah. And then there was Jonah, who was overwhelmed by the perplexities of the task. I, I just... Jonah 4, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. The highest rate of suicide in our nation is teenagers. Teenagers. If you watch the news for about 30 minutes every evening, you know why. A lot of teenagers just, they just don't think there's any use. I watch those uh, doomsday preppers occasionally. I watched a woman last night that believed that everybody's going to get influenza. So she bought her some chickens. Everybody needs some eggs. 
You know where influenza comes from? I guess she thinks it's her husband. I mean, these folks are nuts, not even screwed on the right bolt, man. I mean, I mean, they fell out of a tree on their head. You know what's wrong with those folks? They're overwhelmed at life, at the news. Huh? They're, they're overwhelmed. You know why Baptist folks are going to these hallelujah churches? Because they're overwhelmed. They think that pumped up artificial juice is going to be all right. It's just not going to be all right until you turn to God and let God take care of it. God is the one that has to do that. I don't have time. I'll cover it next week. But notice, I'll close with this. But the prayer that David made in verse 1 and 2, David came to the end of himself and he said, There's got to be a rock higher than I. You know who that rock is? Jesus Christ is that rock. Amen. And when you get to the end of yourself and you become overwhelmed, you know where you're going to have to go? You're going to have to go to that rock. Yeah, you're going to have to go to that rock. But thank God he's always there. Amen. Amen. Psalms 77, when you get home tonight, read it. And that's where David said, my heart was overwhelmed. My spirit was overwhelmed. And David began to say, uh, where is God? Why, why don't he hear me? Uh, why am I still here? Why don't God take care of this? Is his arm shortened? Is his ear deaf? What's wrong? And any time you and I feel like we're overwhelmed, deep down in our heart we feel like our God is dead. And the last of the Psalm 77 starts talking about well, I'm just going to remember God. I'm going to remember what God has done in the past. I'm going to remember what God has done in, in history. I'm going to remember what God has done to me. He says, when he spoke, the waters were scared and run from him. He said, when he spoke, the thunder shook the heavens. When he spoke, the lightning flashed. And he, David was coming back to his heart that the rock that is higher than himself is the only place we can find rest and peace and purpose in our life. Even when the closest one to us has overwhelmed us, he'll be there. Aren't you glad of that? All things are working together for our good.